This is about Mimo and uh, he's from uh, Ireland and we're going to be talking about his new single Faroe but first listen to our conversation of how we are talking about you know what is happening as far as the music goes right now on the Extreme BPM. The celebrities you love. Hello, we are Maroon 5. Hey, it's Taylor Swift. Hi, this is Bruno Mars. Hi, this is Adele. Yo, this is Anna Rebel in the middle of the Jazz Radio. Their lives and the music. He is a wonderful voice. A really special guest on the show today. So I look forward to answering every single question. Careful with the word every. Don't miss up close interviews with your favorite celebrities. All of us used to be together. Me and Pitbull, we pledge that any one of us got our break first. We will help each other. Come on. On the Extreme BPM with DJ Mark Extreme. Fridays and Tuesdays, 8 p.m. East African time. Turn it up. Listen to Ejazz Radio online at radio.ejazzug.com. Extreme BPM with Mark Extreme on E-Jazz Radio. That music, you know, there's always something that you learn from and it has sometimes replay value when the artists are, uh, are really uh, doing what they have to do. But when most of the music right now that gets onto the market, uh, it won't last that long. You know, after a few a few months, there are songs that we play right now, like on the radio, on the other radio that I do, where it's a, a, a more of a mainstream show and they are playing po- more popular music and it gets there and uh, you're like oh hold on uh oh finally there the video goes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah it was crazy i had i had to make sure that i i connect my phone on instead because i i tried to make sure that i used the computer it couldn't work out i was like yo what is happening here <laughs> so uh yeah we like we're talking you know uh, it gets to a point where you the the music isn't uh it doesn't last that long there are songs we play and it's a big people are excited about it it's a big hit and then two months later down the road uh, we're like what happened to that song no one wants to request that song anymore yeah to forget yeah exactly yeah and, and that's like uh, that's a good you know um it's a good monitor to understand why is this song now being you know uh you know as you said like before the hits you know the songs they will last forever. They were, they were all evergreen hits. Like you, I'm sure you still play uh, some music from the '80s yourself. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, it was it so, was it was uh, Billy Ocean's birthday this week. We played uh, like three songs on the show as we were talking about him, and it's different. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's evergreen. It's great. Yeah, that's exactly just the texture and the quality of the arrangements of the songs. Because at the end of the day. You know, you can talk about quality or recording or the um, greatest vocalist and, you know, those are things that really stand out the most of the time. But what is making a song stands out in quality, I think, is the arrangement. And that's what music is about, you know. It's not about just, you know, this great vocal line or this um, nice chord. It's like what you put in it, you know. It's the arrangement, the composition. And that's kind of being put aside you know in these years yeah um and you know the old music like the 80s music music and 90s as well you know 90s pop rock there are evergreen songs where the people really put attention you know uh how to make the song how to arrange the song at the best they could you know without using really stereotyped you know preset arrangements so and we will never forget the songs you know what i mean they are soundtracks of our lives 
Yeah, oh, definitely, totally. Because that's why you see a lot of times, I usually tell people that, you know, unless there's, there's something, uh, when you're passionate about something, and that passion is within you it never goes away and that usually is reflected in how people res, uh, receive the music you make but when you are really into the first thing quick let's make something and uh, let me find a way to survive and music has to be my own way to survive out usually you yeah. don't you, you will not stand the test of time you know you'll have your good one two three years and people will get to understand who you actually are and they will not connect at all yeah and then, yeah, especially, yeah, as I said, when there's money involved, you know, there's, it's, there's a lot of corruption, you know, ethic corruption by the artist. Yeah. So, it's definitely, that influenced the music quality too, you know, of course, because if you think about the profit, yeah, which, you know, by all means, you need to as well, because, you know, if you want this to be your job in your, your career, that's not just a small detail, but it shouldn't be driven by that, because, you know, it's influencing everything. Yeah, you have to be careful, you know, sometimes you have to draw the line and see what you can monetize and what you can't. And uh, sometimes your creativity is something you sh- sometimes you should, it's not a good idea to monetize. That's why a lot of people are running to be independent right now. And su- it's such a huge, you know, it's interesting that back then people were fighting to get signed on big labels and doing all this. Yeah. Now these days, Stop. people are, yeah, people are very proud to say, you know what, I'm independent, I have my label, I'm just doing a partnership. You're like, okay, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's never that easy as well, because, you know, the, of course, there are pros and cons, you know, like um like it depends what label uh, or how indie you are in the sense that i see people that uh like myself of course you know i'm an indie artist so that it's hard to uh, stand out from the crowd because there's an ocean of new artists every day um just because of this ease of the use of technology so everybody can actually uh throw themselves in some kind of art it's not just music it's even like for instance photography you know like um uh, i remember when i was younger you know just to make a good picture you know it really needed some skills you know the perfect light perfect lens um you know the good camera nowadays every cheap camera will assure you uh, <laughs> allow you to make a good picture you know a decent picture so all you have to do is to buy it buy the camera and yeah. there you go half job is done you know before it was more skilled uh, involved in that, you know. Uh, so about it's like art in general got a bit uh, um, influenced in neg- negative time, you know, in a negative way through this technology. This is kind of my point of view, of course, you know what I mean. But it's great from the other side that anybody can try to do it. You know, nobody will feel, oh, okay, this is not a thing that I can do in my life. But now you can do it, you know. Nice. Uh, about labels, it's a bit tricky questions as well because you know you can reach you know if you're your ambition, um, you gotta you gotta find a, the right platform and you know spot where you can push and promote your music. And at the end of the day, these people are under the major labels; they really lead the industry, so they force you in a way to you, you gotta knock to this door. You know, if you want to really do something important about your music, otherwise you can be indie, and good luck. You know what I mean. So it's really up what you want to do, what you want to achieve in life. You know, I think the balance is always the best way to 
to to go yeah on, on uh, the extreme bbm guys we're still uh, talking to uh about mimo and he's on the show and we we are getting into you know we were talking about labels then technology and music and and how all those things have changed over time but uh another, another thing i need to and, and, and I'm, i'm getting into you know you're from ireland but then i when i was reading about you, you were raised also in italy right yeah no well yeah exactly i'm you know i was born and raised in italy so i lived in italy uh, until i was 26 and so and then i moved here in Ireland and so let's see where I'm based now and you know um, so I play music here I write songs here I'm oh, oh, you know I'm Italian but like I live in Ireland so that's that's the story like uh, I don't feel to be Italian I don't feel to be Irish to, to, to tell the truth you know I'm just yeah, a I... person <laughs> <laughs> and then how how do you find the difference with the music you know being raised in the world has become small we are no longer you know it's more it's more of a, a big global a small global village that uh, you know we like now how we are connecting right now so clearly we don't this we can't be defined by the countries and where we are born uh, flags that. i know yeah exactly yeah. i agree with that i yeah. totally agree with that yeah but then uh, as far as the music scene goes you know how how different is it from let's say italy where you were raised and then you left up, up to about 26 then you left and went to ireland uh mm. how different how different is it as far as you know the music scene Oh well, okay. There, there are there is a lot of differences, yeah, definitely. So uh, this question will put me in trouble. I'm <laughs> 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 but you know I'm happy to talk about it because this is kind of uh, uh, something that every day I you know speak about with my friends. So the difference is like let's say for an original artist uh, art, Italy doesn't offer like an island does uh, about. Um, pub gigs so in a sense that in Ireland you know most of the venues most of the chances to uh, for live shows it's related to the pubs so the pubs actually will decide you know uh, who is more worthy to play and of course the, the, the main rule is like you got entertain people uh, so people has to drink has to have fun with it has to spend money you know it's all about that and but at the same time they you know it offers a platform for every musician to perform but uh, and they offer money as well in exchange so you get paid let's say 100 euro per gig and you get few pints beer uh, for free and you get to um, get to know known and um, so it offers all these things so the, that's good side of it but the best side is of it which is makes the difference with, between Italy and Ireland is the people are more tempted here in Ireland um, to throw themselves in cover bands because that's where they find, you know, more likely to find a platform where to perform. So when it's about regional music, it's hard to find people that actually um, they will commit to that, you know, <clears throat> even just um, to commit to the rehearsal. Uh, it's really hard, you know, for instance, for I have two projects. One is about Mimo, my solo project, and I have another project, which is kind of a duo. That's a girl, a friend of mine, uh, singing. Uh, actually, we got signed <laughs> of a label, so um, we have we're really struggling to find people to play with because people don't commit to rehearsals, and uh, so that's one downside uh, in Ireland. Uh, in Italy, it's different because people like more to uh, express themselves in original music, but there's no money involved at all, so. So let's say there are good side the best sides of each country of course you know 
the good side of Ireland for me is that you know I can speak English and I can sing in English. <clears throat> um, there's more um, wider music scene. Ah, with the, also with the I with Ireland, uh, there's more. You have more of a vibrant scene as 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 opposed to Italy, where it's more. Uh, would would it be accurate for for if if someone came up with a notion that maybe in Italy the music is not taken as more important like the way in Ireland it is viewed? Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's pretty much like that. Um, yeah, in Ireland it's more valorized. Yeah, music definitely. Uh, I'd I'd say art. Uh, yeah, the absurdity is like that Italy uh, should valorize art much more than Ireland because it's just mm, more, uh, you know, it's it's such an important thing that happened in, in Italy's, you know, in the past, art, sculptures, paintings, you know, writers, and um, but in Ireland it's definitely more uh, improved this and the government spent even more money to sponsor artists and venues so yeah definitely you're right you're right in this yeah right. Italy is kind of very mature when it's about to sponsor artists original music ah okay earlier on you know before we, we started recording we were talking about your influences for someone listening in right now because you you try to try to make music that is influenced by the 60s and 70s yeah uh, yeah, who are some of the people that you know you were listening to around that time that uh, inspired you as you're getting to start this journey? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, um, I say most of the influences are uh, from the '90s. Um, so I said the grunge, the grunge, you know. Um, so Pearl Jam, definitely. Uh, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, all these bands, both like even Jeff Buckley or Ben Harper. Um, or th- yeah, this mostly from the 90s and 70s in general. Everything, everything from Beatles to the Doors, uh, or you know, that's happening. The Purple, I'm a big fan of all these bands. So, some consciously, consciously, it really reflects on the music I do, even because it's guitar based. Because uh, I'm, you know, I'm a bass player, I'm artistic producer. And I'm a guitarist and a vocalist, but mostly the songs I write through the guitar. So that guitar-based song, so that's quite very 70s style. And uh, yeah, that that's an, that is an interesting thing that we have to expand on. And uh, you know, as far as your songwriting process is, because later on I'm, I'm going to ask you about uh, souvenirs, which is uh, your 12-track collection of uh, of uh, alternative mm. rock, right? Yeah. But uh, I want to ask you about you know as how different is it let's say when when you're writing and you're writing with the guitar as opposed to uh jamming out with the band mm. okay um there's a lot of you know this there's a big difference okay so um when i find myself to write a song it's like a, it's a spark and i follow the idea there's a fire and I follow this idea and I develop my own and I kind of get to imagine everything that will be happening in the song once it's finished. So I kind of write parts 
every part, so every instrument. So I imagine what kind of instrument will suit the song, and most of the time it's kind of classic lineup. So it's a drum and a bass, guitar and vocal, and backing vocals, maybe some keyboards here and there. So I just write all the parts through just the inspiration I'm having at the moment. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky because I have this vision all the time, you know, so I'm able to write more or less all the parts. But when I engage with dance, it's a totally different uh, way to to go ahead. So, and it's, you know, there's a big clash as well because there are different personalities in the band, uh, different ideas. So there's a bit of compromise in there, which is not a bad thing at all, but it could be more uh, confusing. It could be uh, not clear what direction you're gonna go. So it's kind of a longer process than a solo artist act which, you know, solo artist act is as more clear ideas of what you want to achieve and want to have, because it's just one head behind, really. But when you have four or five people in the band, you definitely have a com- compromise. And yeah, sometimes I find myself uh, not to fit too much in a band situation, because I'm a kind of very confident guy, and uh, I know what I want. So mm, yeah, that was a problem in the past. Um, in fact, all the bands I had, even good bands, which you know I really believed that we had something in the hands, it just fell in, um, in in nothing after a while because it's hard to make few people commit for a long time as well, you know. So when you drag everything on your own, you know that it's all up to you. So if you are motivated, you you, know, you go ahead with that. That's what I am, you know, kind of motivated. So. I'm kind of stronger alone than with few people around. That, does that come from uh, the way you taught yourself even how to play the guitar? Does that come from that? Oh, could be, yeah, probably, yeah. It's, um, well, maybe it's just about personalities, really. You know, I'm always, uh, I always thought I was, I'm kind of very individualist as a person. So that comes along with that. But plus, yeah, I, you know, I, I taught myself how to play bass in the beginning. I was like 13 or 14. And then uh, from that start, I, uh, um, I started to learn how to play guitar and everything else. Just, just looking at other people playing it, you know, I didn't ever take a lesson or ask anybody to show me anything. So it was just through the passion, you know, for music and to write my own songs. Because until I was playing just bass, I was just a member of the band, so I could propose ideas for the uh, creation of the songs, but I, w- I was never able to write a song from beginning to the end because the bass didn't allow really these uh, melodic uh, ideas to come through. But the guitar does because it's very complete instrument. So I had to play guitar to achieve what I wanted, so express myself, yeah. Oh yeah. That's... So I'm very jealous, you know, of what I do because I really created step by step through the years. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's probably made stronger my individuality in music. All right then. Uh, so let's get to uh, souvenirs, which is your 12 track collection, right, of dynamic alternative rock. Uh, what was the what was the inspiration, you know, behind creating uh, souvenirs? Souvenirs uh, it's a, has a specific importance in my kind of music career. On brackets, uh, because it's um, it's when I really started to understand that my 
path was uh, a solo act. So before then, which is Souvenirs, was published in uh, 2017. Yeah, so until 2016-15, let's say, I was still believing and try hard with dance, which I was a member of. And um, But then I, I really pulled myself together and said, well, I have a bunch of songs which I wrote in these years um, and which tells uh, subconsciously always, always a chapter in my life in these years. So I said, well, why not collect all these drafts and make an album with all this and try to, uh, you know, kind of retrieve all the years I kind of spent around in different attempts. So that's what is Souvenirs. That's why even the name Souvenirs, because they're all kind of, it's a journal of memories through the songs um, that go through my journey, which I can say the journey started from when I left my country to come here in Ireland. So that's what Souvenir Series is really about for me. All right, that, that's interesting. And uh, so, you know, when you're working with, with Let's say you had the you worked for the bands for more for longer for longer years than you did as a solo artist, right? Because yeah. Souvenirs came out twenty seventeen, but before then you were working uh, as a band and uh, you know you were trying to fit in and try to work with artists. So as as time has gone on after Souvenir, have you have Souvenir? Sorry, have you tried to you know create a, any other body of work with the band and uh, seen how that works out? Maybe as yeah. Um, well, yes, I never stopped. I never stopped to um, <clears throat> try to uh, also to form a band or to be or join a band. I never stopped that. It's just um, since I started to be a kind of solo, I kind of focused all my energies and money and everything in, the, in it. So I kind of had no enough time also to uh, have a look to something else rather than that. But, you know, I always go like, I'm still collaborating with a lot of people in, you know, different projects and bands and, you know, maybe writing or recording a baseline for that. So collaborating ideas wise as well. Uh, but band wise, let's say from 2017 to nowadays, uh, probably, yeah, I give up to the idea to join a band or to form a band for the lack of time, the lack of or trust as well, because I, I kind of felt as, as well, kind of, okay, this is a door that I want to open for a while now, you know, I, I try a different path and I'm full on this, you know, so, um, and I think like life just, you know, uh, put me on the right, on the path, you know, through all the disappointments and stuff, it just told me at some stage, hey, Mimo, like, you gotta understand that that's not your, not your, your way, you know, it doesn't work for you. Uh, so that's, that's where I'm going. That's interesting. And uh, guys, the album is Souvenirs. That is available on all uh, streaming platforms? Yes, exactly. Yeah, Souvenirs Everywhere. album. 12 <laughs> tracks of uh, dynamic alternative rock. Then we, we have a new song that we play, uh, we premiered, uh, which was, uh, yeah. you know, Far Away. Talk to me about this. And is it part of a project? And, you know. Yeah, Far Away is actually, it's uh, that's an interesting story now behind this. Because Far Away is actually an old song of mine. But like old, like really old, like 20 years ago um, and the region name the region name was far out actually and that's the story myself um, self-descriptive of when I left my country to come to Ireland uh, so that's why it's far away which is not really far away of course I didn't go to Australia but it was far away for a guy that was 19 at the time um, 
so I wrote the song at that time, but I never, mm, it was that time in my life where I didn't really believe or think that I could write songs on my own. Uh, but this song always lingering, you know, in the air. Um, finally, I don't know how <laughs> he reached uh, the ears of this iconic producer, English producer called uh, Stuart Epps. And Stuart Epps is a real legend in the rock music, as, you know, in Europe especially, but I say worldwide. He's the producer that made the hits with Elton John, with Oasis, uh, with Brian May and Rolling Stones, you know, you name them. And um, so when he offered me to actually uh, make a new fresh mix to the song, adding uh, a drum and a bass and electric guitar and his backing vocals it was just uh, a peak of my career over there because, you know, I was honored. And that's what he did. He took the track, the original track, which you can find uh, again you know, on Spotify if you just, you know, dial far out about Mimo. And you can listen to the original track. But his version is just more vibrant. It's just, you know, that's really 70s rock touch. And uh, in this class, I just recommend everybody to have a listen to because that's a kind of proof that you can make, hopefully, <laughs> decent, good music, uh, which is really played. You know, there's no any cut and paste and loops or anything like that. It's quite natural. It's kind of dynamic. And it's a rock ballad at the end of the day, um, it, which reminds me a bit Tom Petty kind of style. Um, so yeah, we're still in touch and uh, hopefully there will be some new collaboration in the future, which I'm planning to do for um, the second part of this year with a new single. Uh, which um, you know I wrote and I'm you know recording these days in my house, um, and I would like even to uh, actually say that uh, in a month time, more or less, there will be a new single coming out. Um, this is produced by me, so I recorded and mixed and everything. And you know, just wanted to tell <laughs> there's a new single coming out, and then the second single in the end of the year with probably two attempts at the mix again. And you know, we, we on on the show, I, I always have a lot of uh, young artists too on the show, and uh, that are also independent, and they are they're trying to get things out. Some of them are even very new that they have probably two song, two three songs out, haven't yet made a cohesive project or even put out an EP at that. Uh, how important is the mix for them? Because I've been trying to talk to some people, and then sometimes someone sends you something, and you're like, hey. This uh, this is the sound is not right. You know you have how did you let this, mm. how did you let this out of the studio? How did you who convinced you to tell you that this was the final product? You know, and uh, yeah, it's hard to to explain to them. But I think from an coming from an artist, it's much more if it's much more efficient for them. What would you like to say about that? Well, uh, yeah, well it's not easy. It's just not easy. You know, you can write the best song. Okay, the song first of all, <clears throat> it's everything. It's really everything. You can be the best musicians, you can have spent the best money in it, or the best production, best mix, mastering, whatever, but the song really counts. So if the song really is not convincing, there's no way that the mix can do miracles, you know? So that's that's one part to say that I feel the same. But let's say you, give, you have a great song in your hand, but you don't have a good mix in it. It's just not working out. But, you know, it's not just 
as simple as I'm saying, okay, you got to have a good mix because reaching a good mix is art, you know, on its own. And it's hard to find someone that has the right uh, ears, right experience, and right vision. So sometimes what it happens is you give to the, the song to a studio, someone maybe trustworthy, or maybe someone you don't really know, and you explain the best you can what you want to achieve. <clears throat> but, you know, you still use some vocabulary to explain. But the music is not just about words, it's about sensations, feelings, and, and this and that. So it's hard to make a message across and, you know, explain better to the mixer guy what you want. So it's really about this collaboration going on, forth and back between the two. And of course, there are a lot of obstacles like, um, who is the mixing guy? Probably is the guy that is, he does it for, you know, living as well. And he has a lot of artists every day to mix. And, you know, and he gets like 50 euros, 70 euros, 100 euros from a mix. It doesn't really spend enough time in details with the microscope, uh, looking after the sound of the, of the, of the mix, you know. So, and maybe they will do just three, four, five mixes for you, and you gotta just decide what's the best, you know. So, it's a bit like you know a lot of compromises, in money and time, and also experience between the two parts. So, yeah, getting right to mix, it's really, really uh, hard thing to do. By my experience, I found sometimes, you know, the could be disappointing sometimes to give your track to someone very uh, well known and you know it doesn't do a good job and maybe give to someone that um, you know you wouldn't give a, a dime but you know it's actually the best mix you could get so it's it's not easy and you gotta have this kind of let's call it the x factor to understand when the sound is right and just experience can give you that yeah i, I usually tell people i'm like yeah you know because I, I will listen to something in about 20 30 minutes 30 seconds sorry 30 minutes 30 seconds and um, and i'll be like no this 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 is not right the sound is if within those 30 minutes 30 seconds sorry you've you've already had mm. yes yes mm. no i get your point but that's not the thing um one thing it's your perspective you you know you have a radio show so your ears are very trained to understand what's working and what's not working. It's, no, it's not about the taste you put in it. You just uh, perceive it's something that's right, you know what I mean? But that's not an easy thing to do or to have. Like, from inside point of view from an artist, uh, you, um, you, know, you do the song and you mix it 10 times, 20 times, and your perspective just get, get very blurry, you know, and you don't really understand what's going on after a while because you're so into the music. So you really need this third person that tells you from an objective point of view, say, hey guys, the song is, is great, but you got to do this and change that, you know? And sometimes the artist himself doesn't understand it, doesn't perceive it, and that does kind of oppo oppose to this idea, <laughs> thinking that the other guy is just, you know, wanted to jeopardize the job. It's not like that, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's the interesting part. So, guys, the new single is far away, uh, coming in from um, about Mimo. And how can people reach you? How can people find you uh, on socials if they want to follow you up and even stream more of the music? Of course, even if my music is 90s to 70s rock based, <laughs> I'm still a modern guy, so I'm in all the social networks. So <laughs> you can find me. <laughs> you can find me uh, on Facebook, of course. You know about Mimo. 
and I'm on Reverb Nation on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, you can find me on Spotify or YouTube channel. Um, yeah, on all these platforms, not the usual common platforms. So you can please look for me and for my music. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and and you say there are two two singles coming out in a month. You have a single, then towards the end of the year, you have another single too coming out. Yes, there's a new single coming out. I'm mixing these days, and it's called Circus Mantra. Um, in few words, it's just uh, I'm mirroring the fake relations you have with your people, you know, your friends, your companions, your partner, whatever. And it's about this con game, you know, a kind of corruption that people subconsciously put to be between each other. You know, it's kind of uh, you give something to me and I give something back to you. But it's a kind of a silent thing happening every day, you know. So it basically happens to be that your best friend is just the guy that always, you know, always tells you right, you know. So, um, so it's quite convenient. So this song is about that. You know, it seems like you have to play this part in this circus. And it's a kind of bit funny, a bit sarcastic, and it's a bit in it. And, you know, it will come out in a month time in all platforms, as usual, uh, as an indie artist, of course. Uh, and a second single, hopefully I won't be indie anymore. <laughs> so that's what I'm aiming to do this year to just get, you know, under a label that will help me to promote the music because you need some, sometimes, uh, to channeling your music in, a, in, in, you know, in better platforms and labels as this power. Yeah, yeah, they do have that power. They do have that power to do that. And uh, that's, that's very, that's very amazing. And I like that the song is about those relationships, but hey, isn't that what the entertainment business is about? Isn't it all about those relationships? <laughs> <laughs> that, are, that are that are kind of interesting you know you don't know someone is in front of you today you don't know what they're thinking about when they turn around <laughs> absolutely exactly 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 you never know you never know it's hard to trust as well opinions you know yeah you never know it's really really hard to meet good people in this business and sometimes when you do you, you know you have to treasure that <laughs> It's hard to find the right people, the good people in the world nowadays. I'd oh, say yeah. like it's just a general thing, you know. <laughs> when you find the right person, a good person, just <laughs> hug him because he's so precious. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this has been great. It's been great catching up with you and, and uh, having Thank a story. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate you coming on. And I, when that's when that next single comes out, don't hesitate at all. Please, yeah. Thank you. I will post it to you. Yeah. And we will talk about it again. That's great. Have a good day. Have a good evening. I know it's about eight o'clock to you, so yeah, have a good evening. I have a good evening too. I know it's uh, probably three hours back. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Have a good one. Yeah. <laughs> the Extreme BPM with Mark Extreme on E Jazz Radio.